Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Welcome to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. Uh, joining us now from Charlotte, North Carolina, is Dr. Michael Brown, who has made a lot of uh, comments on this situation. He's a nationally syndicated radio guy, hosts a program called Line of Fire. He's written a book, Why So Many Christians Have Left the Faith. So, Doctor, first of all, on my Talking Points memo, you have any quibbles with it? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. This is part of a larger radical left dominionist mentality. I said for almost 20 years now, those who came out of the closet want to put us in the closet. And the world of religion, the world of the church is the remaining obstacle for that. What's happened here is I believe that the tide is turning, that because the goalposts keep moving, because it's never enough. It used to remember it was gay pride, then it's LGBT pride, then LGBTQ plus pride. The goalposts keep moving. And a lot of Americans who said, Oh, okay, you know, we don't agree with homosexual practice, but, you know, love is love and we want to be tolerant. They didn't sign up for boys sharing bathrooms with their daughters. They didn't shine up, uh, sign up for 13-year-olds having their breasts removed. They didn't sign up for the, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. You know, it, it would be like white supremacists wearing blackface, and they're the brothers in the hood, but they do a lot of good in the community. Like you said about the Nazis, hey, Hamas does a lot of community good. What about white supremacists doing community good, wearing blackface and, and being honored as brothers in the hood? 
or some anti-Semites who do community good, and they dress up as Hasidic rabbis, they're called the rabbis of the foreskin, and, and a pro team's going to honor them, there'd be complete outrage. That's right. But I think and, that, and Hamas I think, is a very good example of this misguided nun. Hamas makes its living by helping the poor para- Palestinians economically, and that's why they're supported. All right, so let's move it down. This could not happen without the active compliance of the American corporate media, correct? Oh, absolutely. There has been, first, if we know where much of the media stands, it's been pro-abortion, it's been pro-homosexual rights, etc. So it's been much farther to the left than the general population. But obviously, things are reported a certain way. Bill, I actually saw an NBC headline. I, I, I did a screenshot of it that talked about dozens of protesters outside of the event. There were clearly thousands. There were dozens in the stadium as things were being presented. But this has, there has to be complicity. But it's not, just, it's not just mainstream media. It's the education system. It's the business world. Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, which oversees billions and billions of investment dollars, says we must force behaviors. We will force behaviors. What's happened is, though, people are realizing that there's something to the saying about go woke or go broke. There, there's a shifting in the American attitude because people said we didn't sign up for this cultural madness. Yeah, I, bu- we didn't I believe sign- you're right. I believe the backlash is coming, but it's much slower backlash um, because the press is so corrupt and rooting for the progressive left. And people go, well, why? Why are they doing it? Well, we're not psychiatrists here. All right. A lot of the people who are running uh, media organizations were radicals in the 60s and maybe they kept their ideology. I don't know. What I do know is even an organization that used to represent traditional Americans, Fox News, now has a handbook basically that is woke from start to finish that they give to their employees. And if the employees at FNC do not adhere to this far left playbook that they're not going to be working at Fox News. So it's almost 100 percent now down the line that progressive change is good. Traditional conservative Americans are bad. That's where we are. Right. There, there is a larger war on God and on fundamental biblical morals. I wrote an article some time back about why conservative Christians can't look to Fox News when they bring on Caitlyn Jenner. And, and, and you've got Caitlyn Jenner now, who's a spokesperson, saying it's wrong to have boys competing against girls in sports. Well, th- that objection is a little weak coming from there. Let me add something else in, though. As a, a leader in the evangelical church, uh, it's the cowardice of the clergy that's Whoa. complicit here as well. It's people refusing to speak up because they'd rather save their interests and preserve their mailing lists and keep their income. So a lot of the problem falls on us. Francis Schaeffer said decades ago that every abortion clinic in America should have a sign open with permission of the local church. So if we had shined the light better, I've said for many years, I'm not so much concerned with the presence of darkness, but the absence of light. We, uh, I'm not looking to the secular media to do what the church should do, but why isn't the church doing it? That's my greatest concern. Well, the church isn't doing it because they're afraid and they're losing numbers so rapidly that it wouldn't matter if they did do it at this point. I disagree with you about Caitlyn Jenner, by the way. Um, She has a right as an American citizen to pursue happiness any way she wants. And from what I've heard from her, she doesn't go for this 
um, trans men competing with women, the multiple bathroom situation. She's against that and has enough guts to go against her own um, situation, if you would, uh, and speak out against it. So we disagree there. And the second thing is that one of the reasons the progressives have made so many inroads is because sometimes the right, the, the traditional uh, crew in America, are so over the top. You can't be screaming you're going to hell if somebody's gay. You just can't be doing that. And that happens, doctor. Yeah, so what happens is you have a Westboro Baptist church, a handful of people shouting, God hates f And that becomes now the poster. This is what the media is going to report. Yeah, the, the radical it. group. Right. Yeah, right. the radical sign. I, I can absolutely say, according to scripture, if we live a certain way and refuse to repent of sin, and there's a host of sins that, that we will be excluded from heaven. You know, the, the, the Bible does set standards, and Jesus says to follow the narrow way. But absolutely, the media is going to take the one person with the angry sign. It's going to ignore the millions of people that love their neighbor and just say, I don't agree with homosexual practice. No, that, I don't agree with do. adultery. That's why, they, that's why the Associated Press picked this radical nun to feature in, in this uh, article. Um, that's exactly what they did. She's one of about, you know, six who are that loopy who can say, yeah, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, go right into this San Francisco cathedral, take the Eucharist and then go out and defile it. That's OK if you give some money to a uh, gay cause. That's insane. OK, that nun is insane. But they got her and she's front and center in the Associated Press, which goes, as I said, to every small newspaper around. Last word, doctor, is there hope that the traditional conservative movement can blunt this progressive stuff? Absolutely, because things have gone too far. So you have baseball pitchers like Doug Kershaw, who didn't speak up with gay pride before, but this went too far. And a recent Gallup poll uh, indicates dramatic shifts from 2021 to 2023, even as much as 30% among American population becoming social conservatives. So it could well be that the success of the gay revolution and the success of the radical left will prove to be its very failure. All right, doctor, we appreciate it very much. Once again, Line of Fire radio program, Dr. Michael Brown. Did you know water heaters last about 10 years, refrigerators typically about 13? Every day in our homes, we rely on aging systems and appliances. I do. That means it's time to consider safeguarding your budget from unexpected expenses. American Home Shield has a solution. Pick a plan that's right for you. And when a covered item in your home breaks, contact their professionals to repair or replace it within the agreed upon coverage limits. It's that easy to stay stress-free and limit budget-breaking surprises. Right now, take $50 off. Please go to ahs.com slash bill to save 50 bucks. That's ahs.com slash bill. $50 off any plan. American Home Shield Protect what you don't expect. See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. 
Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You're listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. Okay, in uh, continuing with the Trump situation, uh, the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, uber progressive, has indicted Trump. Um, on the Stormy Daniels uh, hush money thing, which is completely bogus, as we've reported. Now there are two lawsuits against Bragg himself and his office. They've been filed by the Heritage Foundation. And joining us now uh, from Washington, D.C., is Mike Howell, the Director for Oversight Projects at Heritage. So tell me about, you know, succinctly, so even I can understand it, what the lawsuits are. So back in March, right after the indictment of President Trump, which is, you know, unprecedented in our entire history as a country, we submitted through, you know, New York state law information requests to Alvin Bragg. We want to know who he was coordinating with in the lead up to these indictments, whether it be the White House, Department of Justice, members of Congress on the Democratic side. Very simple question that we were entitled to ask under freedom of information laws. We also asked in a separate action uh, about the legal representation he received from various white shoe law firms in the course of these proceedings. It's very curious to us that these huge behemoth uh, American you know, white shoe law firms are, are doing a lot of his litigation work when he commands you know, one of the biggest DA offices in the country. So those are the two uh, information requests we made. We were stonewalled and uh, we decided to sue on it. And so late last week, we filed these lawsuits. And we think that since Alvin Bragg is essentially indicting Trump for, or has indicted him, for his record keeping, he said, you know, President Trump didn't keep his business records in proper order, that Alvin Bragg looks like somewhat of a hypocrite here because he can't even turn over basic document requests that we're entitled to under law. And so this is going to play out in the courtroom up in New York. Federal court or state court? State court. It's a freedom of information law, which is a distinct body of law in New York, as opposed to the Federal Freedom of Information Act. So we're in state court in New York. Okay. So... If I read between the lines, and correct me if I'm wrong, you believe that D.A. Bragg coordinated with outside counsel or businesses that hate Trump. I believe that to be the case. Uh, this has played out over and over again, you know, through all the targetings of, of President Trump, where it's not just one entity alone acting in a vacuum. You have interests, whether it's financial or coordinating, uh, whether they're in government or outside government, that are the same players behind a lot of these things. What we do know about Alvin Bragg is that he was a prolific communicator on his personal device. This has been written about in you know a book by someone who used to work in that DA's office, how Bragg just basically lived off his cell phone. And so that's what we want. We want those cell phone records. And it is a basic tenet of freedom of information laws that any government business uh, you know, transacted on any device is in the people's domain and the people have a right to inspect those records. And so what Bragg has basically told us, the Heritage Foundation is, one, he can't keep those records. He doesn't have the systems for it. And two, we don't even think you deserve to get them. It is a basic flaunting of the simplest of laws. Uh, with electronic communications in 2023, these things should have been turned over in a couple days time. The fact that this is drawing out into court in New York 
is a complete, you know, slap in the face to basic transparency. It's also brag wasting New York resources at a time where the city's just under siege from violent crime and decay. Okay, but um, you know that the press is not going to cover this. They haven't covered it, correct? Absolutely. I think the, the press from the Oversight Project's vantage point is part of the corruption scandal, whether it's what's happening, you know, with Biden or Hunter Biden that we just talked about, or a lot of the FBI investigations. We, we know that the regime and the corruption operates through the mainstream media. So we aren't expecting the mainstream media to cover this. Uh, frankly, I think a lot of folks on Capitol Hill or otherwise who are waiting for the breakthrough moment where CNN and others come to their senses, that's not going to happen. No, that's the not moment happen. Um, and, and I think that's an there's advantage. one other legal thing that that hasn't been defined in order to bring this charge against Trump. There has to be an overriding felony and Bragg will not tell anybody what that is. Remember, he was asked about it and he goes, I don't have to tell you what the uh, why we're prosecuting this um, and what effect it had on the people in New York State. He still has not defined that. Is that part of your lawsuit to try to find out what the overarch crime is? Absolutely. I think that is at the center of this coordination aspect. If you're searching for some sort of hook just to be the first one in history to indict uh, you know, former President Trump, I'd imagine that would come up in the conversations, whether it be with the Department of Justice, the White House, uh, political backers, or even members of Congress. Uh, Representative Goldman up, for, up in New York is a prime suspect in this coordination case. And, and to date, neither his office or Bragg's have denied any sort of coordination between them. This could be over in a day if Alvin Bragg just said, no, we did not coordinate at all. And here's the record search to prove it. Instead, they're drawing out this whole entire process, which leads us to believe that such coordination and search for a type of you know, precedent or cause to go after President Trump exists. Okay, you know that the New York courts are probably gonna try to stonewall you, right? I, I, we see that in federal court. I expect the same in liberal jurisdictions like New York. But this gets back to the point we raised about mainstream media. We know what we're up against, whether it's the media or the court systems. It's not about breaking through those. It's about demonstrating to the American people that the systems as they're currently you know, played out do not serve the public benefit. So demonstrating that the New York court system and the DA's office is willing to cover up this type of conduct is the road we go down here then that's a case we will make to you know, the American people and others, that basic laws are not being applied evenly to those who occupy high political office, well, whether it be the White House or the DAs. They're exactly. Being, look, as, as I said, and, and first of all, is the Heritage Foundation pro-Trump? Are you guys like supporting Trump? We're a 501c3 uh, organization, so we don't get into the politics of it all, no endorsements or anything like that. We're primarily an educational foundation which means that we go out and super public records that are in the educational interest of this country. And I can think of no better case than such a historic and unprecedented indictment that has throttled our entire electoral system by another instance of major interference in an upcoming election. But we do not engage in any sort of politics. We're an okay. educational foundation. Now, uh, you don't use the word, but I certainly do, corruption. I believe that our legal system, justice system in America is corrupt, thoroughly corrupt. And all I have to do is point to the simplest matter, five years to indict Hunter Biden on uh, two tax beefs and a gun beef, five years. I mean, it's, I'm sorry, Bill. 
Go ahead. Uh, it's absolutely insane. And when you were talking about your monologue, what came to mind for me is that on the very similar charge, actually the exact same charge, lying on a gun form about drug use, the Biden administration uh, just charged uh, Deja Taylor down in Virginia, 18 to 24 months. She was um, a mother whose child obtained access to the gun and she had lied on her gun form about drug use. And so you're looking at two years in prison for an African-American woman in Virginia, whereas the son of the president is pleading down to misdemeanor and pretrial diversion. That to me is proof positive of the dual standard. And I absolutely will use the word corrupt. We're seeing this play out with bank accounts and LLCs taking in millions of dollars from foreign adversaries. The corruption is evident. And I think we're living in the most corrupt time in American history right now. I can't disagree with that, although U.S. Grant's administration was pretty damn bad. All right, Mike, please keep us posted on any developments in this lawsuit against Alvin Bragg, and we appreciate your time very much tonight. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is the No Spin News Weekend Edition. Okay, so John Durham, I got ahead of myself and I apologize for that, but I'm anxious to report this story to you. Uh, testified today in front of the House Judiciary Committee, that's Jim Jordan, uh, who's a chairperson, um, and it was that basically the FBI was corrupt in the way it put together Crossfire Hurricane, which was the investigation into whether the Trump campaign worked with Russia to subvert our election in 2016. All right. That's what it was. And Jordan, um, I'm sorry, and Durham came to the conclusion the FBI was corrupt. All right. They did all kinds of terrible things, some of them illegal, to try to get Trump. The goal of the Bureau was to get Trump, take him out using all kinds of underhanded methods. So, the Democrats on that committee, of course, are going to not accept that. And even though it's true beyond any reasonable doubt, they won't accept it. And this was a fairly intense exchange. Go. Your reputation will be damaged. As everybody's reputation who gets involved with Donald Trump is damaged, he's damaged goods. There's no good dealing with him because you will end up on the bottom of a pyre. I yield back the balance of my time. Sure. My, we uh, presume the gentleman's undecided on, on how he feels about the pre former president. Gentlemen, witness can respond. Yeah, my uh, concern about my reputation is with uh, the people who I respect, and my family, and my lord. And I'm perfectly comfortable with my reputation with them, sir.
That's a good answer. Steve Cohen is a radical leftist, Democrat from Tennessee, interestingly enough, but in a very liberal district, of course. Um, but he, Nadler, Schiff, they all did the same thing. Uh, it doesn't really matter. The FBI broke laws and, and was unethical and it got warrants they shouldn't have gotten and all of that. We don't care because we hate Trump. And our hatred of Trump overrides any respect for the law. And Cohen said it. Oh, you're throwing in with Trump. No, Durham just, after four years and all that money, this is what Durham found out. That the FBI committed crimes and did things that they shouldn't have done. When I say committed crimes, you cannot swear, okay, to a federal judge on a warrant basis that things are true when they're not true. And that's what they did. That's what the FBI did. They put false things in a document given to a judge to get a warrant to eavesdrop, to tap. It's a crime. And he did it. Now you say, well, why are they going to be, how come they're being held accountable? Who's going to hold them accountable? Merrick Garland? I told Hannity today, if the Republicans win the presidency and at least one of the houses in 24, they could go back and prosecute some of these people on conspiracy charges like Comey and McCabe and Strzok and other people within the Justice Department. Okay, that could happen. It should happen. Uh, There's more to this story than we heard today from John Durham. And so I've been casting around for a guy who has credibility and can explain to us more about this. His name is Jeff Clark. He is former assistant U.S. attorney general under Donald Trump. You work for Attorney General Barr directly, did you, Mr. Clark? Yes, uh, I worked first for uh, uh, Jeff Sessions and then under Matt Whitaker and then under Barr. Okay, so you were there for the whole four years. So when you experienced this, you went through this. Um, and you heard Durham and read his report, but you say there's more to this. What's the headline? The headline is, you know, I think if you're trying to do a hearing, and I I took uh, in your talking points memo the fact that it's true, you know, you have to try to simplify things for the American people, especially people who aren't focused on politics, right? So inherently what that simplification does is it turns into a binary, you know, a left-right paradigm kind of thing. So the Democrats are going to say Durham's got nothing. And, uh, you know, that's why he only has one guilty plea. His two trials failed. Um, You know, this is all an attempt to distract from the indictment against Trump involving Mar-a-Lago and other legal problems of Trump. And the Republicans are going to cast uh, Durham in the light of being the hero who uncovered all of the corruption at the Justice Department and the FBI. And I think that the second part of that story is an oversimplification. I, I think that that uh, Durham failed to interview a whole host of people. You you mentioned, uh, you know, Strzok and McCabe. There's also Igor, Igor uh, Danchenko, Christopher Steele, uh, Priestap, Glenn Simpson, Mark Elias, uh, Rodney Jaffe. None of these people were interviewed, which makes absolutely no sense. 
Also from the Durham report, it came out that there was an August 2016 meeting in the Oval Office with Barack Obama, Attorney General Lynch, Brennan, uh, and several others, where it was clear that they were informed that Hillary Clinton was going to use uh, create an op to try to paint Donald Trump falsely as being a tool of uh, Russian intelligence, that he was essentially a Russian agent. Well, why weren't they called in? Why weren't they deposed by uh, Durham? So, you know, to me, Bill, what I think this is, is it has ex opened more of the kimono. It has exposed more of the corruption than the uh, Inspector General's report that from Horowitz that first came out. So it's an improvement over that. But it's not exposing the full depth and evils of the operation that was launched to either prevent Donald Trump from becoming president of the United States or if he were to be elected to consume him constantly with a drag uh, on his presidency that sapped all of its strength and had him currently you know, always on his back foot fighting against these fake allegations. Okay. If that's true, and it looks like what you said is, because it's a matter of record who was interviewed and who wasn't, then the next question is, was Durham in the tank? Did he purposely not try to uncover more corruption? I think it's a kind of sophisticated containment operation, Bill, with uh, former Attorney General Barr. I mean, it's no uh, coincidence to me that Barr basically indicated uh, where he thought this was going to head, right? And so he painted this as a, as a kind of soft coup against President Trump. And I think the Durham report is entirely consistent with that. But, uh, you know, at, at no point did I think he ever really was aggressive in saying that this would produce uh, the fall of a lot of people from either the career ranks or or some of the uh, uh, upper reaches of, of the department. Yeah, if you uh, have Obama had... and, and those people, and you would think that Joe Biden would be in that pool as well if they knew that Hillary Clinton was trying to use phony documents to impugn Trump. But how close a relationship did Barr have with Durham? When, you, when, you, when we think of independent councils, we think that these councils don't, you know, they're not taking their orders from a certain person. But how close were the two? Well, I think there's been a lot of reporting that comes out, has come out that uh, they were very close. The New York Times used to talk about how they uh, would have whiskey, uh, they traveled to Europe together, et cetera. So I think that they were working very closely on exactly how this would come out. It's also not a coincidence to me that it took forever uh, for this to be done, right? And, and you know, given that long list I gave you of people who weren't interviewed, then you really scratch your head about what was going on yeah, for well, all these years. what were they years. doing if they weren't going after those principles? So then if that was all true, then the suspicion comes against Barr, that Barr didn't want the country to know the extent of this corruption. Do you believe that? Yes, uh, precisely, Bill. I think that's exactly where it points. And then I'll point you to Bill Barr's recent interview with Brett Baer, where the, he started out essentially with a pitch of, well, this was only ever really going to be a report. When he was pressed a little bit, uh, and, and not too uh, firmly by Brett Baer, you know, he said, well, yeah, sure, if he came up with something, he could pursue prosecutions. But the real point of this was just to uh, write a report. And, you know, I've seen it characterized, I've characterized it myself as, look, we already had one book report from Michael Horowitz, the IG. Did we need a second book report? 
I think the American people were looking for more accountability than that. Then, and I think but, if but, you... okay, and they were, you're right. But why would Barr want to give cover to his political enemies? Because I don't really think that they are his political enemies, Bill. I think that we're living essentially under a kind of uniparty apparatus uh, in the United States. And I think that Barr is part of that uniparty uh, apparatus, right? There's a kind of you know, uh, red team, blue team sort of thing going on of, you know, we're Republicans, we wear R's on our shirts versus D's, uh, you know, going on. But they're largely cooperative on lots of major issues, like a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the massive intelligence state we have now in the wake of 9-11, of all the, uh, the warmongering that's going on, as we see with uh, a lot of the support for Ukraine. And, you know, I think Barr is in that mold. Barr is not a populist uh, Republican who wants to see the deep state, the administrative state, really curtailed. I think he wants to see that continue. And I think he knows that Donald Trump is the existential threat to that system. Do you think that Trump knew that Barr did not have a motivation to get to the heart of the corruption? Actually, I, I, I don't. I think that Barr is very sophisticated. And I think that Barr wrote an audition memo about uh, the Mueller investigation indicating that, uh, you know, the president couldn't possibly be obstructing justice. It was a very sophisticated and well done memo. I think that on the strength of that memo, he was hired as the attorney general to replace Jeff Sessions, whom uh, Trump was very frustrated with, particularly because he recused from this whole issue, right? I mean, the whole ball got rolling against Trump in a very serious way after he did get elected president because Jeff Sessions was convinced to recuse. Yeah, I don't he, think he uh, should have he recused. talked to a Russian ambassador. Right? You were working for Barr. Did you know when you were working for him directly as an assistant attorney general that Barr was a swamp creature in the tank, didn't want to uncover massive corruption? Did you know that? Well, I knew that he had been part of that kind of approach to the world in the Bush 41 administration, where he had been attorney general for the first time. And in particular, because of something, maybe I'll bring this to the attention of your viewers, uh, that Barr had been responsible actually for blocking Ken Starr from getting the Supreme Court seat that uh, David Souter eventually got. Um, so he linked up with, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the folks in New Hampshire um, you know, Governor Sununu, uh, now his son's obviously risen in the political world, but Governor Sununu and Barr, they, they blocked Ken Starr, they got uh, Souter in. Souter was a disaster. We would have seen uh, Roe and Casey reverse probably 20 years earlier, uh, you know, if, uh, and Casey would have gone a different way to reverse Roe um, than, than the Dobbs decision from last year if that had not happened. Um, okay. You know, I think Ken, so, so I, I knew that, but what I will say is I thought based on speeches that he was giving and my personal interactions with him that he had turned over a new page, that he realized that America was under threat from, from a lot of the, uh, the, the current radical nature of the Democrat Party and their alliances or their own beliefs in, in Marxism or, or Maoist-like thinking. And uh, you know, so I had hoped that he had changed. But I think what emerged as a result of the Durham uh, investigation, putting a lid on things, and what emerged in terms of how he uh, surprised President Trump and turned 180 degrees around on the problems with the 2020 election after originally going on TV and saying that mail-in ballots are a huge problem for fraud, I think then I, I saw that he really had never changed from his days in the 90s. Okay, and we're gonna invite uh, Mr. Barr on the program. He already turned me down once. 
Um, but if he does come on, I mean, I'm going to obviously play some of your sound bites for him. But he's a smart guy, Barr. He is. And, and he's not going to admit to any of this. You know that. Um, I know that. Is there, is there a smoking gun against Barr that if you were interrogating him, you would use? Last question. Maybe, maybe Bill, I'll, I'll noodle on that one. I think that the fact that he knifed uh, Ken Starr over, uh, you know, a tempest in a teapot. That's a dispute. long, long time ago. It's though. a long time ago. In, term, yeah. in terms of right now, right, unless you got someone who was in his true inner circle like Durham to kind of uh, admit what the what the game afoot was, I don't think we have a smoking gun. But I yeah, think Durham's there's a lot of it. triangulation that points uh, to this conclusion, Bill. That's very, sure. very interesting, Mr. Clark. We really appreciate it. Thank you uh, for helping us out tonight. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Here's a gem from the No Spin News Vault. All right, let's turn our attention to what the government could do should the migrants reach the border. I do not believe they will. I believe Mexico City will stop them and disperse the group like they did the last time. Because Trump is going to say, if you don't, if you allow 8,000 people to siege our ports of entry, we're going to cut off all money to you and the trade agreement's going to go down and all and that. That's what's going to happen behind the scenes. Let's bring in Brett Tomlin. He's a former U.S. attorney for Utah. He understands, understands he knows, he lived it, what the uh, federal government can do, because the Justice Department has to uh, be in the lead here since it's federal law. Immigration law is federal law. So first of all, uh, Brett, President Trump can order regular troops to the border to block this migrant intrusion, correct? The media doesn't seem to be uh, giving the president uh, any credit for viewing this this accurately. And, you know, if he was wrong, I'd, I'd say he was wrong. But the analysis is, do I want to use the National Guard or do I want to use the military? In order to use the National Guard, he has to work with states, sure. And people are saying, oh, that the governors can stop it. That's not accurate. If the government federalizes the issue, which he's already done, he's indicated that this is a national emergency, then he has the ability to utilize, under statute, utilize the National Guard. Um, if he works with Congress and he goes through a few other hoops, he could even use the current serving military to secure our border. Um, I hear that every, you know, every, every television station that seems to be critical of, of what action is or threat of action is being taken seems to be denying that that's possible. 
they're citing things like the Posse Comitatus Law, which basically says you can't use the military to support law enforcement or to enforce federal law. Um, well, you know, it's not exactly accurate. Uh, President Obama sent over a thousand people to the border. Nobody seems to be addressing that issue. They were National Bush Guards, did. though. Uh, the the issue were. centers around whether the president can order, and I don't think he has to go through Congress to do this, um, order military units to the border by saying we're under siege here. I don't think the word attack would be right, but we're under siege and we have to protect our country. And here's the military. That's their mandate to protect America. So I'm going to order them down um, and they're going to stand there and deny anybody uh, entrance to to ask for asylum. I think that's the plan right now. What would there be a legal impediment to that plan? Well, I do, I do think that is the plan. I think they'll try first to utilize the National Guard, but, um, and, and governors, Democratic governors have said they'll stand in the way. I don't think that's gonna be successful. They're, they're gonna fail there. Um, the military themselves have indicated that if there is a siege, as, you, as you've described it, or a threat on our border, and let's back up and take, take a look at this. This is an actual potential siege of a border of the United States. Right. You're not going to be able to argue that the president of the United States can't use everything within his means to try to protect that border. Right. This is not 15 or 20 people. When I was U.S. attorney, I had folks that were seeking asylum. They get interviewed. You assess how you know accurate their, their allegations are. You try to verify it. You give them a hearing. For the most part, most part, these are well-meaning, often well-meaning people that are being attacked by their government, and we, we open our borders to them and say, "We'll we'll take care of you. We want you to be, you know, become good citizens." Here, this is an orchestration of, of a of a, you know, eight thousand plus people. You don't know who's in that. You don't know. Do I do I if I bring them in, have I immediately subjected my border? to potential harm yeah, and risk. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and plus there are people who live down there and, and they can't true. retain them and, and all this. And people don't forget that in Haiti, when they had all the boat people coming over, the U.S. Coast Guard just turned them back. In Cuba, yep, um, when the law was changed, it used to be if you're a Cuban and you put your hand on U.S. soil on a beach, you were in. They changed that law, okay? That's and true. the U.S. Coast Guard routinely in the Straits of Florida turned back. Cubans who are floating into American waters. So this is not unprecedented. Has been done, as you pointed out, President Obama, Bush the Younger, President Clinton, all did it. So there's no yes. problem with that. Now, the perception is that we are a bad country, and this is a part on the left, that we are inhumane. This is, you, this is humanitarian crisis. But the crisis is in Honduras and El Salvador and Guatemala, not in America. It's in Africa. It's in South Asia. That's where the crisis is. We can't possibly regulate those governments. And, 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 but, you know, what do we have here in this poll? 65% of Democrats say, yeah, you know, let them all in. Does that surprise you? It does surprise me. One of the more passionate speeches I ever heard on the subject was in 2009 by uh, Senator Chuck Schumer. Well, we lost Brett Tallman, one of those uh, quirks of technology, because we do Skype stuff and all of that. But we have another guest who's going to be uh, excellent, I'm sure. But just to sum up, um, 
Mr. Tallman believes that the president does have the power to put the military, not the National Guard, but the military on the border to stop the migrants should that be necessary. Now, we went over the stats um, that most Americans want that to happen. Should it be necessary? And uh, I think it's going to be an election issue. But let's bring in the former governor of New Hampshire, who's following, obviously, from a Republican point of view, uh, the election that's going to be held two weeks from today. John Sununu, his son, also running for re-election and is way ahead in the polls uh, for governor of New Hampshire. First of all, I've seen a shift in sentiment from my perch as a news analyst to the Republican side because of the Kavanaugh hearings and uh, a general feeling that the Democratic Party does not have any solutions to complicated problems, the migrant march being one of them. I'm sure you've seen the same thing. Well, Bill, there, there's been up and down movement, uh, generally in the Republican direction for the last month or so. Uh, obviously, uh, we, we hope it's real. There's two weeks left, two weeks in which almost anything can happen. I think the important point is when you see all the talking heads on TV, none of them really know what's going on. No, this is don't. an extremely volatile, fluid, and frankly, the traditional tools of polling, I think, have gotten extremely unreliable. Well, uh, 2016 proved that, uh, although Rasmussen was the closest poll agency to what happened. Um, I do believe that at this point, if the vote were held today, Republicans would hold the Senate, maybe add two points. I'm watching this Indiana race uh, very closely because this is a really, if this goes the Republicans' way, um, then I think the Republicans are going to be very, very strong. Donnelly against Braun. Donnelly is the Democratic senator from Indiana, which is a conservative right. state. Um, it's a tie now. Donnelly's up by one in the latest Survey USA poll. But I agree with you. The polls are kind of unreliable. But I think that yeah, when you look at that poll, look, look at Go that ahead. poll, Bill. That poll yeah. has I, I don't know the one you have in front of them in front of you, but recent polls have the libertarian getting about six or seven percent in Indiana. I think when people go into the uh, booth to vote, uh, about a third to a half of that's going to go Republican. Okay, that's Lucy Brenton. She's getting 8% in this uh, USA poll. Right. So at this point, um, Tester is up by three in Montana, the Democrat senator there. Uh, three, as you know, when you're an incumbent, uh, if you're that close, you usually lose historically. Um, yeah, and I think Heidi Heinkamp is going to lose. She's I done. Think, uh, I think go Missouri ahead. is going to go Republican. I think Indiana will go Republican. I don't know about Montana. I think the Republicans pick up a net of two or three. That's what I think. Now, in the House, it's impossible to say because money plays such a factor in the individual races, which are much smaller. Um, right. You know, the mainstream media is pushing the blue wave. That's not going to happen. It's going to be close across the board. Um, do you have any feeling about the House of Representatives? Well, let, let's talk a little about that. Uh, supposedly, the media is deciding that in those districts that are marginal or blue, uh, the enthusiasm is going to the Democrats, and, and, and those that are red states, they're going to the Republicans. I, I don't agree with that. I think there's whatever the wave is, it's going to be uniform across the country. It'll, it'll just uh, be, uh, have a slightly different impact in those other areas. And I'm not even believing the data I see on enthusiasm. Put yourself in the position of, of a union worker in Michigan 
uh, who all his life has voted Democrat, except in 2016, he voted for Trump. And they call you up and say, are you interested in this election? He says, absolutely. They mark him down as an enthusiastic Democrat. He's going to go out and vote Republican anyway because of what Trump has done for their jobs. So that's what I mean when I say the polling data has gotten into a situation where it's extremely unreliable. I think the Republicans have about a 50 percent chance of holding the House with about five votes. Uh, I know that's contrary to what everyone else is saying, but I just think there's a reality uh, to the distortion of the polling data in that direction. All right. There are two factors that weren't with us in August. Number one, Kavanaugh. Number two, Migrant March. Right. Last question for you. Both of those things, do you believe that emotion, because they're both emotionally driven, will help right. the Republicans? Yeah, they help in different ways. Kavanaugh helps the hardcore Republican base. And I've been, uh, you know, my son's running for re-election, so I've been trying to help out at some events. But the hardcore, long-term, I'm going to vote any, uh, almost any way base of the Republicans was dramatically impacted by what happened with Kavanaugh. The, the migrant march is going to affect the marginal Republicans and the independents. Those are the ones where the surprise data has a majority of them talking about the fact that they want this march stopped. And so it, those two things affect a Republican vote, but with two different uh, groups of voters. Do you see, because you've been around a while, I mean, uh, look. Um, a long time, uh, Bill. Governor Sununu uh, was chief of staff to President Bush the Younger. He wrote a book in 2015 called The Quiet Man, The Indispensable Presidency of George H.W. Bush, Bush the Elder. I mean, you know the landscape. I've never seen the press as corrupt as it is now because, number one, it doesn't look for the truth, doesn't search for it. And number two, it basically is now in alliance with the Democratic Party and the progressive movement. Does that mean anything when Americans vote? It does. And, and frankly, what is even more disturbing than that is the alliance between the Facebook and Googles of the world that are really biasing what a great percentage of our population is seeing as news. And so the traditional media is in alliance. The, media, the, the, news delivery, the new news delivery structures of Facebook and Google are biasing what is getting to people. And, and it, frankly, uh, one of the reasons I hope the Republicans hold the House is we've got to put some checks on what Facebook and Google are doing. Interesting. We'll have you back to talk about that in more detail after the election. Governor, can't thank you enough. I was up in New Thanks, Hampshire uh, over the weekend. Not a great foliage season, but love the uh, live free or die state. So I uh, hope to see you Bang soon. Bang on the thank door. You, we'll have coffee next time you come up. Excellent. Thank you, Governor. Thank you for listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. To watch the full episodes of the No Spin News, visit BillOReilly.com and sign up to become a premium or concierge member. That's BillOReilly.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.